Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. My name is Ryan Miner. You are listening to A Minor Detail, brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. You can find us on the web at aminordetail.com and on Facebook at facebook.com slash aminordetail. Tonight is a special occasion because I have the very di- distinct pleasure of welcoming Maryland's next congresswoman, Ami Hober. Ami, welcome. Thank you, Ryan. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I'm I'm delighted to have you. And you you won. You had an exciting win last night. I had an exciting win. I am delighted. Um I intend now to take on Congressman John Delaney and win the district back for us Republicans. Yes, and <clears throat> I just want to say, first of all, congratulations. You ran a fantastic campaign and you did you did a lot you you were everywhere you introduced yourself to voters you grew your name identification organically uh you showed up everywhere uh you did an impressive mailer campaign and you did all the right things and it certainly paid off and i know that um you never know how these things are going to turn out but um you certainly uh impressed a lot of people and um, I don't think that you know. I don't think there's a better candidate than yourself that uh, could take on John Delaney. You're certainly uh, qualified. <laughs> I think more than qualified for the job. And um, you and I have had many discussions that when you go to Congress, you want to go to get something done. Absolutely. The other thing I really want to say, though, is it was a good, well-thought campaign by most of my opponents as well. And I have enjoyed getting to know them. I have enjoyed – it's like a shipwreck, um, not not to use an analogy, but we all went through the six grueling debates together. We all went through many occasions of visiting different events together, and I think – most of us ended up friends as a result of surviving the the experience. It, and I'm it, grateful. It seems like that, Ami. You, um, I, I noticed your Facebook today. You said that you had received uh, some very gracious calls last night from uh, most of your opponents. Um, and uh, I know that David Vogt, uh, he, he conceded with a very nice post as well as Terry. Yes, and I think I think David's uh, posting on Facebook was really classy. I was I was deeply impressed and touched by the graciousness of his posting and Terry's call. Uh, those yeah. were those were good experiences. Absolutely, and in this upcoming primary, um, I can say without a doubt that uh, David and Terry, who both ran great campaigns. Uh, They will be a tremendous asset for you on the ground to corral uh, support for uh, your candidacy. And really, it's, um, you know, as you represent the Republican Party, you're uh, we're we're all in this together as we want to change the district. And um, look, we want to build on what um, Mr. Bongino did two years ago. He ran a great campaign. And I, you know, you you are now um, you are now in the same position to. to, to complete the task, to uh, to get the job done and return the district back into the hands of uh, the Republicans. Because, look, I think <laughs> – well, I know this. Your values represent Western Marylanders' values. So that's, that's what I we're – I think uh, so. 
Absolutely. I think so, and I, I think that's shown by the fact that I carried four out of the five counties. Yes, you did. You did indeed. I have a call. Hey, Ami, somebody is calling in. Um, I, I'm not okay. sure. If it could be Eric. Um, I have a caller at 302-3650. Uh, I want to welcome you. I'm not sure who this is, but please feel free to join in. Hello? Hi. Hi. Yes. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. May I ask who this is, please? Uh, my name is Cynthia. Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. I'm on the line with Ami Hober, who is the new Republican Congress uh, – will be the congressman – Hopefully the next congresswoman from Maryland's 6th Congressional District. She won our Republican nominee. Did you have a question for Ami? Cynthia? Yes, yes I did. Okay. Um, I would like to ask her this question. You and Donald Trump had wins last night. Why do you think that was? Ah, I think my win, and I frankly have paid very little attention to the presidential process at the moment because I've been focused on my own campaign. But I think my win was because I showed the people of this district that I have the breadth of experience, I have the depth of experience, and I have the knowledge and commitment to address what I think are the most important issues for us at the moment. Okay. primarily, Primarily national security and job, uh, national security, economic security, uh, op- equal opportunity for everyone, and building a more prosperous 6th district. Okay, thank you very much. Cynthia, thank you for calling. Um, we, you haven't been a caller before, but I hope you continue to listen in to uh, our show. Okay, great, thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Ami, um, yeah, people may be calling in and out, um, but sure. um, that's you know um, that's actually an interesting interesting question. You know, Donald Trump has won the the sixth congressional district, and of course, you won as well. And um, <laughs> interesting to to note, um, Congressman Delaney released a statement last night, Ami, and he said, among other things, um, in the last paragraph of his statement, he had written. I had wrote, I'm sorry. I also congratulate Republican Ami Hober as the Trump Hober ticket, who is also victorious tonight. He said, I look forward to a spirited debate with Ms. Mrs. Hober as we head towards November. Uh, Ms. Hober, Mrs. Hober has stated repeatedly that she will support Trump if he is the nominee, and after tonight we are one step closer to that reality. Mrs. Hober will find it challenging to explain how her decision to support Donald Trump whose agenda will grow our debt by $12 trillion, will weaken our national security, and will continue to divide our country, is consistent with the priorities of the 6th District. Ami, do you have a response to that? I don't because I have not heard uh, Trump's statement today on foreign policy, and I would actually like to examine that statement before I address uh, Delaney's counter. I I intend to actually issue a statement rejoining Delaney remarks uh, probably tomorrow morning, but I need to examine more uh, what Donald Trump actually said today. And I've been too busy picking <laughs> up the pieces you know, today to get to that. Well, we certainly were up late last night because I know that we, yes. we arrived at your victory party and we were 
uh, scrolling through numbers, and we did not get out of uh, Barley and Hobbs and Frederick uh, until about midnight or so. Um, and right. it was it was certainly a, a great experience. Um, and you know, Congressman Delaney, and I just want to say for the record, you've you've said that you will support the the eventual Republican nominee, and you've never taken a stance one way or the other on any of the candidates. That's correct. I have not, and I don't intend to, because as I said, I've been too focused on my own campaign to pay a great deal of attention to that. I will support the ultimate nominee that the process that emerges from the process, uh, and the process can carry on just fine without me. I think it's a. I think it's a bit interesting that he he's doing the exact same method of attack already out the gate against you as he has done in the last month or so as he's auditioning for governor uh, against Larry Hogan. Um, you know, he's, he's already trying to tie you to Donald Trump. And uh, look, uh, my, my question to John Delaney is why haven't you denounced Hillary Clinton? That's a, that would be a, a great question. Um, well, and, I have another question. I have another thought as a result of your comment, Ryan, which is, and if he wishes to tie me to Governor Hogan, I hope he ties me really tight to Governor Hogan because <laughs> I, I would hope I get some support from that. Well, I agree. And look, we Governor Hogan has shown that in deep blue Maryland, he has the ability to cross uh, partisan lines, ideological lines and work on behalf of all Marylanders, regardless of political ideology. And he's stuck to a very basic message and of, of taxes, of government spending, and making government more effective and limited, limited at that. And that's sort of the same, um, from my perspective, that's what you did during your campaign, and that's what you intend to do in Congress. And you talked about four specific issues in the primary campaign, um, and you, you're you going to bring those to Congress. And I want to go down the list. Um, you are an expert you, uh, on national security. Your background is in chemical, nuclear, and biological terrorism, and you worked for President Ronald Reagan and the Pentagon as the Deputy Undersecretary of the Army. I mean, talk about that experience and how you can use that in Congress to improve on our national security apparatus at this at the present. Well, one of the things I learned is how the programs at the Pentagon are developed, how they are funded, how they are managed. And since Congress is in charge of the purse strings, I think I can contribute my knowledge on how the Pentagon actually operates in developing the budget that Congress has to pass every year. I would expect in particular to bring my expertise at the subcommittee levels where the details of the budgets and programs are really worked out. Absolutely. Um, the, the Pentagon, um, interestingly enough, one of the criticisms of, of government is in that it has grown too large. And another issue is you know, how much spending um, is done at the, on the military level. Um, at, this, at this juncture, I mean, do you think we need more or less military spending, or will you analyze the budget um, as is now and determine uh, what programs could be streamlined, what programs could be cut? How, what is your approach to that? Well, that, that will certainly be my approach. I, at this particular point, I couldn't tell you without examining the budget and programs in detail whether it needs more or less 
uh, specific dollars. But I know from my experience that there is duplication of effort in Pentagon programs. Uh, This is partly intentional because different services approach solving problems differently. But part of it gets done um, inadvertently or more extensively than is really necessary, and I would certainly look at streamlining that. But I think we also need to recognize that a lot of the military spending is done on things that truly aren't warfighting related, and we need to understand that. Uh, Such things as environmental cleanup of bases, uh, environmental cleanup of test ranges, things that are for the good of the country in general that are not necessarily part of a warfighting force. And some of those things have grown extensively over the last decades, particularly the environmental-related things. Um, And in some senses, those shouldn't shouldn't be charged against defense spending, even though they are part of the Pentagon budget. Mm -hmm. So we need to see how the budget actually purses out and what things are truly contributing to warfighting capability and which things really are attributed to other priorities that the nation has, such as environmental um, you know, cleanups and capabilities, protections. I mean, one of the big questions moving into a general election, <clears throat> you know the, the makeup of the district, and you know that there are um, many more Democrats than there are Republicans now because the district has been gerrymandered. And you've talked you've talked about gerrymandering um, and what we can do to solve that problem. I don't think we're going to solve it um, in one fell swoop, but I think that that's going to come over time. But one of the questions moving forward is how are you going to transition from um, from the primary into the general, and what will be the appeal to bring the Democrats and the independents over to support your candidacy versus John Delaney? Well, I certainly hope that my knowledge and background and capabilities on the primary issues of the day, such as national security, uh, will appeal to independents and Democrats. I also think that my history of mentoring and supporting women should appeal to Democrats and independents. Uh, And I'm hoping I can create the right sort of coalition here. Uh, Mm -hmm. I firmly believe I can, or I wouldn't have even entered the race. Well, it's already happening. Um, People from the very conservative wing of the party to the libertarian wing of the party to moderate business-type Republicans, and I hate to categorize or put anybody into a specific column, but – I think you've already seen that. Um, they've come in. Hey, Ami, I think Eric Beasley might be on the line. Hi, Eric. Okay. Hey, guys. Hey, Eric. Hi, Eric. Um, I, I enjoyed seeing your baby last night. Sorry <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't I, see you. I, I, I hear him and Elise had a blast. So, uh, you know, I like other people parenting him on occasion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Eric, hey. Yeah, uh, fashionably late. Yeah, Eric, um, he's he's a busy man, and uh, Ami. Um, so for those listening now, um, we have we have the duo on now. Eric Beasley and myself, Ryan Miner. We are talking with uh, Maryland's uh, Republican nominee and the sixth congressional district, Ami Hober. She she won last night, and she got about almost thirty percent of the vote. 
Um, we're still counting, but I think it's going to turn out to be, what, about 17,000 or more votes, Ami? I think that's about right, although uh, it'll depend on how the absentee ballots sort out. I think there are about 5,000 absentee ballots still to be counted. Um, I would hope they'll bring me slightly over 30%, but we'll see. Well, uh, that's 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 what I think, but uh, we never know. Eric, um, what's what's going on? What what uh, what do you have for Ami? <laughs> oh, questions and stuff. Well, uh, you know, I mean, the biggest question, I think, the most important question about all this is: uh, so, how are you going to beat Delaney? Ah, well, we just covered some of that before you got on, Eric. Uh, uh, I think Red, I can uh, put. <laughs> No, well, I think I can put together a coalition of Republicans, which I hope will all stick with me, and uh, independents and even Democrats who understand the importance of having somebody who has a real national security credential um, and capability to deal with those issues and understands the district and is committed to be the representative for the whole district rather than just the eastern part of the district, which is what I think uh, Delaney has shown over the yeah. years. Yeah. Do you, uh, d- um, did you talk about the uh, Trump thing yet? We covered that briefly. Okay, good. See, I, I should have been listening while I was working, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, he- here's a good one. Um, have uh, you know, now that the primary is over, um, have you heard from any of the uh, volunteers or staffers from the other campaigns that are uh, ready to help you uh, help you uh, beat Delaney in the general election? Um, not today, I have not. But in all honesty, I suspect most of them were getting a little sleep today, <laughs> and so I'm not going to worry about that until next week. Let the, let them rest. They no matter who. They were working for yesterday. I suspect they were pretty busy and overworked. Well, yeah. I mean, since you're on here, do you what? What would you tell them if uh, they're on the they were on the fence about uh, helping you out and coming on to the the Hober campaign? You know, what would you say to convince them to, to uh, you know put the effort out? Well, I think to convince them to put the effort out is to display the results that I showed last night, that I won four out of the five counties, that I am a person that can bring together the whole district, that cares about the whole district, and that has the intent, at least, to uh, bring everybody together and make us function as a unified whole to take the district back. And I believe this is the best chance that we've had in a while. Dan Bongino ran an excellent campaign, and a lot of that was based on the effort of the volunteers. And I intend to rely on volunteers much in the same way he did as being a real backbone of the the district-wide effort. And believe me, I value them. I understand uh, the importance of volunteers. I understand the importance of commitment. Uh, and I hope that they all evolve to being committed to me between now and November. Yeah. Um, so here, here's another good one. Um, did any of the results surprise you last night? Like, what, what was your biggest surprise for why? My, you're big, the my biggest in? surprise. Yeah, my biggest surprise was really how well I did in Montgomery County. I was very pleased by that. I think that proved the attractiveness of a practical Republican in Montgomery County, which is a lot of 
Republican votes in the district. Ami, uh, you, yeah, I, you, you won all the counties pretty overwhelmingly, except of course for Washington County, which is Terry Baker's home base. But you did come in second there, and that is that has proven that you will need a huge. Uh, that is that is sort of a, a ground. Uh, uh, ground zero for Republicans in the 6th District up in Washington County. Um, well, I happen and, to be there right this minute. I'm talking to you from Washington County. Oh, okay. What, uh, <laughs> where are you? Well, I was at the Republican Club meeting where I spoke, uh, and I intend to spend at least a day a week you know, getting totally enmeshed in Washington County. That's great. Well, uh, one, of, one of the guys there tonight said he was surprised to see me this soon after the election, and I said, don't be. It's, you're going to see more of me than you may want. Well, it's good. Washington <laughs> County is a great yeah. place. I mean, you don't drink coffee, so I don't know how you're doing it, Ami. I do drink coffee. I actually do, <laughs> but um, not not all that much. We, um, um, Ami, we have another caller. Um, they've been waiting very patiently. Um, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put them through. Um, hello, uh, this is a caller. You are on a minor detail. Welcome. Thank you so much. Hi. I have a, a question for Ami, actually. Okay. Can you state your name, please? Uh, my name is Garrett. Okay. Hey, Garrett. How are you today? I'm doing well. I appreciate Good. you putting me through. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. What's your question for Ami? My question kind of surrounds FMLA. Um, why do you think the Democrats are trying to force family and medical leave on small business? Um, my problem is that, you know, I barely make enough money uh, as it is, and now it feels like, you know, the Democrats and, you know, Obama are trying to basically put me out of business. Well, I think they basically have an anti-business uh, attitude throughout all of their policies, and this isn't the only one. Uh, specifically, I would eliminate, if I could possibly vote on all of it, I would eliminate essentially all regulations that hamper small businesses. Uh, and I will certainly, when the opportunity comes, uh, you know, vote against each and every one of them. Uh, I think the backbone of our economy is in the small businesses and small business growth. Garrett, where are, are you in Western Maryland? <clears throat> I am, yes. Uh, what part of uh, Western Maryland are you from? I'm in Cumberland. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll be in so Cumberland I'm, I'm, on Saturday. Wonderful. I'll probably I'll probably meet you then. Um, but like I said, I really do appreciate you taking my phone call, and um, this kind of been something that's bugging me for a while. So, Ami, thank you. Congratulations on your win, and I hope the rest of your show goes very well. Hey, Garrett. Well, I uh, certainly hope everything does, yes. <laughs> Before you jump off, Garrett, I, I, I'd, I'd like to get your perspective, and Ami's been out to – Cumberland and Garrett County several times, and you know I think growing up in Western Maryland, we uh, in Hagerstown, you know the real true Western Maryland is uh, we're, we're part of Western Maryland, but you get up in Garrett and Allegheny County, that's the true heart of Western Maryland. Um, and you know just listening to your call, and what do you think the most important issue in Cumberland is facing people, you know, average middle class. Um, Folks that you know that work a job and just want to you know just want to make a little bit of money and send their kids off to college. What's what is facing? What is the biggest issue up that way? Uh, in my opinion, I think it's you know the lack of of growth in small business first of all, and the fact that you know the 
certain businesses we have in Western Maryland, you know, your, you know, fast food restaurants, you know, I'm glad to see infrastructure grow, things like that, but you need to have jobs in an area where you can sustain and have a family and support that family, where you're not working 50, 60 hours a week, you know, making minimum wage, where you can have a job that has securities, has benefits, um, that you can make a good living on, support a family, and I don't think we have a lot of those jobs anymore. You know, specifically in Western Maryland, you have things like the railroad, the prison, um, things like that, but it's not what Cumberland used to be. And I just want to see that kind of growth again. I want to see those businesses where you can work one job and still support a family and, you know, make a good living and, like I said, send your kids to college and, and you know, live a comfortable life. Ami? Uh, well, let me comment on that. It's the increasing regulations that have hampered a great deal of that. Um, and and Congressman Delaney has, in general, been in favor of increasing regulations. Uh, he's been in favor of increasing things like EPA regulations to combat climate change. And those are very stifling on a lot of the businesses. You have to, you know, that's that's one real reason why, a lot of the manufacturing jobs that used to be in the Cumberland area have had to move out uh, and move overseas in many cases uh, where the, the regulations are not so hampering. Uh, and I think we have to look at every one of them and see whether the benefits of some of the regulations, and some of them certainly have benefits, but see whether the benefits don't uh, get overshadowed by the cost. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I certainly will take will take a look at all of those individually as fast as I possibly can once I'm able to do it. Yep. Garrett, well listen, thank you so much for your call. And then Ami, where where will you be this weekend? I'm gonna be at Cumberland at a breakfast at the Methodist Church hmm. and then I will wander the streets and talk to people for a little while. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Well thanks well, so much thank for you your so call. Much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Ami, uh, I wanted to read a statement. Um, last Yesterday, and you may have read this, the Frederick News Post reported on your victory last evening, and John Delaney had this to say. Um, he said that he's focused his campaign around proposals to improve the state and national economies, and I quote, I'm probably the best job creator in the whole, in the whole of Congress if you look at what I've done in the private sector. Can you respond to that? Well, my reaction is uh, he's not in the private sector at the moment, so what is he doing to create jobs now that he's a congressperson? I, I don't know. Eric, have you seen I mean, that's, that's well, the role we're competing for. I don't You know, Maryland politicians are really good at creating jobs in, like, Tennessee and North Carolina, so maybe that's what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. I think, um, he I think he's really yeah I think he's really talking about the jobs that he created before he went into Congress, and that may well be actually true. Um, I have created jobs prior to my current uh, campaign myself, uh, probably not as many as he has, but none of those have anything to do with what you do in government as a congressperson to create an environment for job growth. Uh, after you're in there, well, speaking of, I mean, he's he's comparing stuff he did before he was a congressman to um, you know to to what I've done before I was a candidate, and that's not relevant 
for the job that we are actually competing for. Well, John Bellini was, you know, he bought and sold nursing homes for a lot of money, and uh, it's sort of an interesting way how he he made profits. And I know that we'll dissect that down the line, but um, there's certainly we've got a we got a whole like expose on subprime lending. Yeah, the subprime. (laughs) You know, Ami, I he said that he's the best job creator in the whole of Congress, but. Ami, while you've been out on the campaign trail talking with people up in Garrett and Allegheny County, they haven't seen any new jobs come there, and they certainly haven't seen their congressmen around. And my question to you is, when you are elected um, in November, and when we can officially call you Congresswoman-elect Hober, will will Western Marylanders have an opportunity to see you a lot more than they see their current congressperson? Absolutely. I intend to keep seeing them. On a very regular basis, uh, I expect to establish offices so that no person in the district is more than 45 minutes away from an office, and I will post you know, office hours and days so that they always know where they can find me Great. and find me frequently. Absolutely. Ami, we have another caller. I want to welcome them to – hello, caller. Welcome. How are you? Um. My name is Tim. I'm, I live in Allegheny County and in, in, uh, near Old Town. Hi, Tim. And I just wanted to just congratulate Ms. Hoder for her victory last night and maybe just pose um, just you know, a question up here in Allegheny County where um, you know, minimum wage is the prevailing wage, unfortunately, and many families have to live by that. And I was just wondering if uh, you have any suggestions in regards to either raising it or creating some kind of livable wage? I honestly believe that trying to raise the minimum wage from a federal level is not the right thing to do because the economics are so varied from place to place. I believe it really needs to be controlled more at a state or local level where it's closer to the individual circumstances of particular areas. But I do understand your problem. I think the solution to it is to try and get more businesses that provide jobs into Allegheny uh, in you know whatever we can develop. There's no reason why you can't have what in the trade is sometimes referred to as cubicle jobs um, in Allegheny, and most of those are well above minimum wage uh, levels. And I think that the solution is broader economic growth, not necessarily more control at a federal level. Well, I kind of re- appreciate that response, Ms. Hoder, but in, in reality is, you know, Walmart and many of the, the, the average jobs people are holding here uh, make people real, you know, they, they basically go, uh, live in poverty and they're reliant on government programs in order to pull them out of poverty because the minimum wage just doesn't make it for a family. And so it just no, concerns I, us in Allegheny County about, you know, how do we let pe- people live in poverty or should we, uh, should we help them out somehow because they're not making livable wage or ability to actually, you know, not suffer from hunger or from, you know, lack of housing. Um, no, I will certainly try and address that as best I can. I think, I think the solution that I can best work is to try and bring more jobs in there and, and simply raise the economic level of the whole area. Uh, and I would certainly focus on that. Tim, well, I appreciate hey, 
Hey Tim, uh, yes, you're up in you say you're up in uh, Old Town. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, let Where me... Old Town is, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I uh, I was recently um, I was recently up that way. Yeah, it's you know it's a, a rural area, but it's made up of some wonderful people up this way, and uh, we appreciate you know any kind of resources that come to bear because you know Cumberland was. Maryland's second largest city, and it it used to have those kind of jobs that Ms. Hoder's talking about. And it's not the it's not like the lack of will around here to try to attract those jobs, but it just hasn't happened. And so what we have well, is Cumberland, that... one of the poorest cities in the country, and really no no really opportunities to pull us out of poverty. And I just wondered what kind of proposals could work to actually bring jobs. This well, I think you need to work jointly with the federal and the state level. Uh, I think there are state programs that can attract manufacturers back to the Cumberland area. There's certainly you know, opportunity there in terms of space and land and people availability uh, that can be used to attract you know, more industry. There used to be things like the tire plant and stuff like that. Uh, they got moved out primarily because of taxes and environmental regulations. We need to work with the state because the tax issue is partly a state issue rather than a federal issue. And I would I would certainly work on lobbying the state to fix some of that. Well, we appreciate that. We, we would appreciate that effort. Well, yeah, well, no, uh, I will. And I care about you guys. I'm I'm there a lot. And I enjoy the area, uh, but I, I do need to work with other people to try and develop uh, attractive proposals for folks to move their manufa- manufacturing back there. Yeah. Okay, Tim, thank you. Up here. Hey, nice to chat with you guys. Hey, thank you so much for calling, and uh, I, I hope, you, uh, hope you keep listening and uh, be part of the show again. I appreciate you having the show in the first place because it's a good venue to express uh, people's views. Well, thank you. You, you guys take have care. a great evening, okay? okay? All right. Good night. Thanks. Ami, this is great. We've uh, Eric and I are – we usually it's just us, but now you've, you've you've had a few callers. So, Eric, I don't know about you, but that's this is fun to have. I think this is fun. Yeah. No, the callers is fun, but, you know, I got I, I, I did come up with a question while, uh, while Tim was talking over there. Um, so I, I, I noticed a lot, Ami, when you're talking about uh, basically like jobs creation, minimum wage, um, how it really should be like a, 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 not a federal issue. It really should be something that's focused in on the states. Um, I know something that's, that people are pushing for right now in Allegheny County is actually um, they, they're looking at opening up a, a medical marijuana farm facility out there. You know, um, I believe it's going to create 20, 30 jobs, something like that. Um, right. there's, been some, there's been some pushback over in the last, I'd say, you know, year or so with so many states legalizing marijuana or allowing medical marijuana use while it's still illegal at the federal level. So it, what, if anything, would you do at the federal level to kind of uh, resolve this conflict one way or another? Well, I think the, the uh, federal government ought to explicitly decide whether it wants to give that authority to the states, and I think it should. I think that's part of the Constitution, the powers that are not explicitly federal 
in the Constitution ought to devolve to the states and then get out of the way. Um, at the moment, of course, the federal government still has a prohibition. Um, and as a person that has held a clearance most of my life, uh, I clearly have to live by the federal rules. Um, but I really don't think the feds ought to be in that business at all. Okay. Speaking of that, um, how many days does it take you to fill out your SF-86? <laughs> um well, actually, since I keep copies of my old ones, it isn't too bad. But that's now an enormous form. I have to go through the list of all the people I know and you know, cross off the ones that have died since the last form and add new ones and you know, all that sort of stuff. Hmm. It, it's hey. probably a two-day two effort. <laughs> Ami, I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, here's a broader question about the the tone of this election cycle people are frustrated with government people are angry that they feel as if government is not listening they are angry at both parties and you have someone like Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and even John Kasich who have been in in their campaigns have talked a lot about channeling that anger but also turning it into something positive. And people up in Western Maryland, they are, you know, they you saw yesterday at the results of overwhelmingly voting for Donald Trump. And I think um, that is a, a clear message that, um, you know, John Delaney wants to turn it into some something of a negative. And personally, I mean, I have some policy disagreements with Donald Trump, but I think one of the reasons why his candidacy is resonating with people is because he defies the status quo, and he takes on Washington, he takes on special interests, and to a large extent, he does bring a a, a kind of a refreshing honesty to to politics, whether you agree with it or not. And can people in the district can they count on you to challenge the status quo in Washington and take on um, and and really shake things up down there? Absolutely. I mean, remember, I am not a politician. I had, I had no intention a year ago to, to do this campaign. Uh, I looked at the problems we had, and I decided I really had some capabilities that could be used to make things better. And so I thought, you know, I want to give back to the world uh, all the stuff that I have gotten that has been beneficial and see what I can do to make a difference. I think part of the problem is the political class as a whole has become very um, inbred in an intellectual sort of sense. Um, and so I, I think, I, I, well, I think, uh, therefore, you know, I think it's recognized that I am bringing a fresh perspective. I am not captured by, you know, decades worth of being a politician trying to run for office and get elected and i think that's a good thing particularly this year it, it there's there's a lot of sentiment out there that people want washington to change and they just want their congressman to and or their representative be it at the state level the local level or at the national level at which you're running um and at the presidential level they want they want the will of the people to be to be heard and your candidacy um i think that 
in why no so because I've seen you on the stump. I've watched you in action. I think you have an opportunity here to really change the dynamics of the district because for far too long, and by that I mean um, since Roscoe Bartlett uh, unfortunately lost his election, um, and then last year Dan Bongino um, really set the standard, um, you, I don't ever see you becoming one of the Washington elites, the D.C. political insider class. I think that your candidacy has been a representation against all of that. Absolutely, and I have no intention of that. The fact that I live in Montgomery County doesn't make me a Washington person. Uh, I choose the house where I live for a variety of reasons, and that isn't one. Uh, I believe I'm an independent. I think I have shown that I can be an independent human being uh, all my life. Uh, any any good shrink would say that they can clearly tell I'm an oldest child with all the domineering <laughs> characteristics that go with that. Um, well, and and the independence that goes with that. And I've made my own life for myself since the day I graduated from college. And I understand the ups and downs of one making one's own life. I'm not captured by anybody. You you rose up through the Pentagon, which during your generation um, and your in your time, Ami, it could not have been easy. As being a woman, a female in a role that is overwhelmingly dominated by males, how did you do it? By proving I was competent at what I did. And some days, it, with some jobs over the years, it took me a while to do that. Uh, when I first arrived in the Pentagon, the general reaction was, you know, sort of a little bit of the what's a nice girl like you doing in a job like this sort of thing. <laughs> Um, Yeah, but that's true. Um, But after I proved I could do what what was needed, that I would make the decisions, that I would be decisive, that I understood the the subjects, um, as you can tell from the endorsements that the generals made, uh, I, I became totally accepted and regarded as a human being who could help them, not um, not somebody to be just patted on the head. Um, last night, your son, Mark, um, gave a preface to your victory speech, and he noted that you, his mother, are the strongest person uh, that he has ever known and the, and the hardest working. And, uh, you know, you here's, – here's, and, and I'll just say this, so let's just get past any of the awkwardness. I believe that the Democrats in this election – they are going to try to do something to you that is going to be extremely unfair, and that they're going to try to use um, your age and experience against you, Ami. And uh, I'd just like for you, anybody who questions um, your resolve or your ability to to work uh, hard, let's let's respond to that. Well, I mean, I will use my boss's. Uh, Ronald Reagan's line that was used a long time ago, I won't hold their youth and inexperience against them. <laughs> well, I love it. And, uh, you know, there, I, I could see that there, the, the, Congressman Delaney, he certainly doesn't have much to run against you on. And that's, that's interesting because, uh, you know, you, you don't fit any sort of formula that he can say, okay, standard Republican, and I can throw X, Y, and Z at you, 
um, he's going to have a tough time coming after you. And I, and I imagine, and as I wrote today, they're going to try to manufacture something against you. Well, <laughs> Ryan, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll, yeah, it'll be fun to see how they try. Um, I have, in this primary campaign, uh, developed a much better understanding of how to have a thick skin when I need to. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, the lady already started. I mean, seriously, sure. whoever his political advisors are, like, they need to be fired because they ain't they ain't earned their bucks. Like, if the if the Trump Hober ticket is the best you can come up with, then like, just quit now, like, before you make well, yourself look it, like yeah, an idiot. It, it sounds a little like one of my primary opponents, whose name we won't mention at the moment. Um, <laughs> no, it really yeah, does. Well, and, and, and actually, it's funny because apparently Delaney uses this Trump tactic against all of his opponents. He's using it against you. He used it against Governor Hogan. You know, like right. this is like his preemptive attack. It, it, it certainly uh, calls into question, um, you know, when he's having cocktail parties for Hillary Clinton um, at his home residence um, – you know, what about the Clinton Delaney ticket? What about the you know, what about the uh the Clinton Obama Pelosi uh you know <laughs> thicker ticket? I don't know. I mean uh, oh, and Ami, I I'll, I'll just say this and you feel free to not say anything. Um no longer hopefully no longer when I'm driving up 270, well, I have to see these god awful green grotesque signs any longer. And <laughs> well, actually, they're still there today. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw one in Frederick today in front of an abandoned building. So uh, don't hold your breath, Ryan. Like, I think we're going to be stuck with these for a little while longer. Yeah, um, you know, well, while this certain individual is, uh, he hasn't been very gracious and. Uh, he he hasn't accepted that you defeated him for uh soundly i should say and uh if this person will continue to to run in a, in a in a in a future election um i and eric we know that is inevitable um oh, of course it is yeah maybe he's probably filling just... out his 2018 paperwork right now <laughs> ami sorry about that i shouldn't have said that but um, actually, that leads me to I got a, here. I got a good one for you, Ami. Um, I don't want you don't need to name names or anything, but you had a, you had seven primary opponents. How many of them have called you uh, basically as a congratulations? Well, if I include emails, and I really do, the answer is four of them have called me. Okay, four out of seven. Okay, don't I don't I don't want you to drop names or anything. Just curious. Okay. So, so I. I no, I was going to ask you, Ami. Um, you know, last night, what as this all wrapped up, and I know that moment that you know you said, "Okay, this is it. This is done." You know, here the polls are closing. I did everything that I could. I have my family, the people that I care about, um, my volunteers. Um, and what was going through your mind? What were you thinking? I was thinking I wouldn't have done anything any differently. I, I did the best I could. I wouldn't have done anything any differently. I learned in the process. I think I was a far better candidate at the end of the campaign than I was at the beginning. Uh, but I wouldn't have done anything any differently. I had a, 
as I have said to several of my girlfriends that I've talked to today when this has all been over, um, I said this has been an amazing adventure, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you had um, you, you you stuck to us, you stuck to the script in the primary, and uh, you know, I, I think that. Uh, you you never you never went negative and i i want to applaud you for that and you never attacked your opponents with any sort of personal attacks or you didn't take out any low blows against them and you didn't do any passive aggressive statuses on facebook or uh you didn't go out and trash anybody you stuck to the issues and i think that in the general election uh, it, it appears that you're going to do the exact same i mean you're going to you're going to you're going to take on John Delaney on the issues but um I look forward to you running a clean campaign. I think that's right. This is who I am. And I I put out who I am, what I think, what I stand for, and I am extremely pleased that the voters understood that and support me. But if the voters choose not to, that's their choice. I'm not going to change who I am. Mhm. Yeah, I mean that's important. I, they, you know, you you told the voters who you were, and they they liked what they saw, and they voted for you, and and you won. Um, uh, and I and I hope that I just I, I I think that all your primary opponents will be of great help to you, uh, moving into the general election. And you know, so what's what's next? Are are you are you planning to? Um, how, what's what's next on the docket for you? Are are you planning to uh, continue meeting with uh, constituents and and sort of shifting now into the general election strategy? Well, the shift is that there are more constituents. I have to consider the independents and the Democrats now as potential constituents. And when I win, I will be everyone's congresswoman, and I have to make sure they all know that. Absolutely. So what did you do today? <laughs> did you sort of skip back? Did you get some sleep? Well, I had 207 emails by 9 o'clock this morning, and I mostly dealt with them all day. And oh, then I came good. up to Washington County. And you, you went to the, the the Republican Club meeting there, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you had, and, and how was that? Were you uh, warmly greeted? I, yes. And, you know, enough so that that I was deeply touched. And they had a wonderful speaker tonight, um, a a former policeman who had lost his daughter to a heroin overdose. And we we talked a lot. Yes. And we talked a lot about uh, the heroin epidemic and um, the work he's doing to establish a rehab center near Hagerstown. What are your thoughts on that 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 specific issue? That's been a common and recurrent a reoccurring theme throughout the campaign that, about heroin, and I've heard it many times when I've been out and about, and it wasn't addressed as much as I would have liked it to be, especially during the debates. Ami, what's your thoughts about the heroin problem, especially up in Western Maryland? Well, I have I have to start off by saying this is a personal issue for me in many ways. I had a family member who became addicted, and I helped put that family member in a rehab center against his will. Um, 
not my own immediate family, but very close. And uh, I do know that serious rehab work really does work. The the young man is now a very productive citizen and well recovered, but it took a lot of serious rehab and it took serious commitment by everyone to make sure it worked. Uh, so I, I understand the problem. I understand the solution. And I think the real issue is making sure that we can create sufficient rehab centers to work it. And I that's going to be hard to do, but I'll do everything in my power to help. I'm trying currently to find some funding for establishing a rehab center in Frederick in the old sheriff's camp. Uh, I will work with this guy up here in Hagerstown on his project now that I know about it for the Brooks House. Um, these are the efforts that have to be supported both individually and by the government at all levels. Otherwise, we aren't going to be able to stop losing our children. No, I agree. And, and it's very, we're all deeply touched by that issue. I We all know, I mean, it's sort of interesting. Everybody seems to know at least one person that is connected to their family or immediate family or, you know, a distant relative or a friend that has been affected by this epidemic that has been just completely just shocking our country and rocking um, so many young people and taking lives so so early on in life. And uh, that's a big issue. I know Kevin Simmers, and uh, he's a... He's a good guy, and, and his the story of his daughter was completely tragic, and um, I, I'm i sure it took a lot of courage for him to be there tonight and speak about that topic. Yeah, yeah, so, and I understand that. Ami, um, when, you, when, you're, when you're going up against John Delaney, um, some of the issues that you're going to tackle will be um, related to each individual county, and I think Montgomery County is going to get a lot of play. And it seems like John Delaney spends most of his time talking about issues in Montgomery County. He's been he's been scrambling to do all these different, I guess, small sort of town hall events uh, throughout the sixth district. Um, but I, I, I'm assuming that you're going to try you're going to do something similar in that you're going to go to every county and arrange meetings and meet and greets with all types of constituents. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think you know, I've only had less than a year of this campaign and I think I've proven my commitment across the district and I will continue to prove it. Mhm. You were Ryan, I am I am about to run out of phone battery. Okay, well um, that's that is that is no worries and I mean, I'm sure you're going to get some sleep tonight. Uh, I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, well, I really appreciate you offering Eric and I to um, to give you the you know to, to do the first interview after your your sixth uh, congressional district Republican victory. Um, I just want to say to those listening, um, I look forward to a spirited campaign. And um, John Delaney is actually he's a good guy. He's a decent man. I just have some oh, fun. Oh, I know he is. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a good person, but we have serious disagreements, and that uh, and I and I encourage all of our listeners and uh, and Eric and I both want to say that you know join this campaign, 
we can take this district back. You saw what happened with Delaney, uh, or with uh, with Dan Bongino. And Ami, I want to give you the final word. The final word is everyone get out there and participate. If if you don't participate, you have no right to complain. If you do participate, you can be part of the economic recovery, the national security recovery, and taking this district back for the people who care about it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we uh, Ami Hober, uh, the new Republican nominee for Maryland's 6th Congressional District, will be facing uh, the incumbent, John Delaney, and the general election. Ami, we can find you on the web at amiforcongress.com. You're on Twitter. You're on Facebook. And uh, I want to say congratulations on a very hard-fought uh, and deserving win. Uh, you made us all so proud last night, and we're so happy that uh, you are already moving quickly into the general election. I am, and thank you, Ryan. I'll be delighted to be back again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ami. You have a wonderful evening and a safe drive home. Bye-bye. Bye. So so it looks like we got three minutes here. Yeah, Eric. (laughs) To to wrap this up. I'm I'm impressed. Um, Eric, you and I are going to do a brief autopsy report of the district tomorrow of what happened. We're going to go on at 8.30 tomorrow evening. Um, you and I are going to unwind the the primary. We've done this before, but now that we have the results, we can talk about what worked, what didn't. We can talk about the candidates, um, their strategies, and whether or not they succeeded. And of course, many didn't. Uh, only one did. Yep. But so you know, I well, think and most importantly, Ryan, we need to we need to break this down for people that just apparently don't understand the 6th District. I mean, it might be because they don't live here or they don't pay attention or they just, uh, you know, look at the world through rose-colored glasses. So, you know, we're going to break it down and we're going to make it real easy for them so that they can understand how, uh, you know, how it works out here. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, you know, you know we, I think I think it, it's going to be fun. You know, I think we got there's we'll have I I think we should have some absentee numbers tomorrow morning, so we'll be able to include those and uh, you know kind of break this down by county and see how uh, and and we can celebrate our um, Ficker Booger Picker's loss. Um, Robin Ficker has been <laughs> such a jerk to both of us, um, already <laughs> accusing. Um, <laughs> already accusing us of just being like horrible people uh, because we ran an – Eric and I talked about issues that related back to him and put out like nothing but fact and somehow that that's the wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, look, Kim said it best today. Just just go away. You know, just go away. <laughs> go away quietly. Be, you, yes. You know. Um, it, you have to great. do that like you have to do that in a Clint Eastwood voice, like you know, don't go away, Matt. Just just go away. Oh, that's pretty good. We're, you you have a, a future there, Eric. Um, I think Ami did very well tonight. She, uh, I'm sure she's tired, um, but you know it's important, as she said earlier. We gotta we gotta get together, uh, and and everybody should consider um, volunteering and helping her as much as possible, so we can take this district back. Yep, and we'll talk more about that tomorrow night. Okay. Well, Eric, thanks for joining us. Um, and uh, tomorrow night at uh, 8.30, we're going to do an episode of an, another episode of A Minor Detail. Um, I'm Ryan Minor. And, and I'm Eric Beasley. Yes. 
And uh, you've been listening to A Minor Detail with Ami Hober. So thank you very much. And, um, yeah, have a great evening. Good night.